it's up to you and me to shine a guiding light and lead the way. United by our cause, we have the power to pursue what we believe. We'll achieve the realization of our dreams. Hello, welcome to this episode of New Horizons. I'm Vaughan Benison. Thanks for your company. Vision 2020 is an organization with which I'm sure you're familiar. It's changed quite a lot over the last few years to discuss Vision 2020 and a recent project with which it's been involved. Here's the CEO, Carly Isles. Before we get into uh, talking about Vision 2020, tell us a little bit about you. Sure. So um, I have been CEO with Vision 2020 since December last year. Um, I joined the organisation in um, 2020, um, having previously worked at the Fred Hollows Foundation, um, managing their strategic global partnerships. Um, and then prior to that, um, worked primarily in um, community development, um, relationship and partnership management roles. Um, and uh, yeah, and now here I am at Vision 2020, almost 12 months into the CEO role and uh, thoroughly enjoying it. We're the national peak body for the eye health and vision care sector. Um, so we, and, and we're a membership based organisation, so we represent just over 50 uh, organisations working in local, local and global eye care, um, low vision support, vision rehabilitation, eye research, um, professional assistance. So they're quite vast in terms of what they do. Um, and our role as the national peak body is to represent all of our members. So it's quite a big job, as you could imagine, Vaughan. Um, we, we, have a, we have four portfolios that we, we focus on. Um, one of them is independence and participation. The other one is um, global eye health, um, uh, prevention and early intervention, and also a portfolio specifically for um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander eye health. So we're not representing um, the consumers um, specifically, I guess. Um, it's more about um, representing the organisations um, who are members of Vision 2020, who in return, obviously, represent consumers. So what type of organisations are your members then? Um, so um, BCA is obviously one of them. Um, so um, and organisations uh, who deliver similar sort of low vision support services include um, Guide Dogs, uh, Vision Australia, for example, um, and then other organisations who are delivering services in um, different areas such as Global Eye Health, so Fred Hollows Foundation, um, CBM, Brian Holden. Um, and then we've got um, universities, um, so University of New South Wales, um, uh, University of Western Australia, um, a few others, um, and then hospitals, so the eye and ear hospitals. Uh, we've got organisations who represent Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, such as um, uh, the state-based peak bodies, so um, uh, You've got uh, Varcho, um, AHMRC, 
um, and and AXA in South Australia. So um, and they're delivering different services depending on where their priorities lie. Over recent years, we've seen quite a significant change in the output from Vision 2020 and a significant change in focus. I understand that that is largely to do with the merger of uh, the merger between Vision 2020 and the Australian Blindness Forum. What sort of impact has that had on your organisation? The merger happened um, just before my time, so in 2019. Um, and I think it's really increased our focus on um, independence and participa- participation of people who are blind or have low vision. So as I mentioned before, this is one of our key portfo- portfolios. Um, we've got a committee which is made up of our members working in this space. So there's about 20 members in that committee and they are focusing solely on um, services and support services for people who um, who are blind or have low vision. And you've also been doing quite a lot more public work in terms of that portfolio and uh, in terms of your other work. But what perhaps listeners might not know about is the work that you've done in terms of actual eye health and um, eye disease prevention and things like that, particularly internationally. Um. Yeah, so as I said before, prevention and early intervention is certainly one of the areas that we that we focus on um, and we're working with our members in that space like the Fred Hollows Foundation, for example, to advocate um, uh, for uh, increasing funding in those areas. So in the Indo-Pacific, um, that's our closest region. So... Um, we worked with our global committee to advocate for increasing um, services and um, uh, supports for people living in Papua New Guinea, for example. Um, who uh, Papua New Guinea, for those who don't know, has one of the highest rates of blindness um, and low vision um, in, um, in the world. Um, so, so it's really working um, with our global members uh, to advocate for greater greater um, resources in countries like that. You've been uh, undertaking a project in uh, recent months or years, though, around mental health. How does that come in with your remit to work with the organisations rather than the consumers? Well, um, we did a um, rapid literature review um, a couple of years ago to have a look at what services and supports were available um, for people who are blind or have low vision um, in terms of mental health. And um, there was, what we identified was that um, there was a, a need for additional services to be provided and a lack of education for um, primary care providers like optometrists for example um, in terms of identifying people with um, mental health issues and then referring them on to the appropriate services so what we did was um, uh, collaborate with our members who have also been telling us that you know whether you're born with a vision condition or acquire a vision Um, or acquire vision loss later in life blindness or low vision has an impact on mental health so we we knew that already so it was really then about bringing our membership together and looking at 
okay, what has been done in this space um, and what needs to be done in this space. Um, and then once we had done that and brought together a, um, uh, a, uh, a working group of members already doing um, work in this space, we um, decided, well, let's make this as easy as possible for consumers to access by bringing it into, um, into one area um, for ease of access. And so recently we've released um, the Mental Wellbeing Resource Guide and it includes links to services and supports provided by our members for people with vision loss as well as supports and services for other sort of mainstream mental health um, services and this guide is designed to be used by people um, looking for help uh, by, by their families and by other people supporting them like clinicians or service providers what we found when we when we did the rapid literature literature review was that it was all um, any services and supports available was quite uncoordinated and um, so we wanted to obviously bring it together and make it easy for people to access one of the key aspects to the consideration of mental health that we've uh, explored uh, to some extent on New Horizons over the last few years is that mental health professionals frequently don't understand the needs of blind and vision impaired people and what the impact of blindness and vision impairment has. Uh, and sometimes uh, you see extremes, for example, where people think, well, all of these people's mental health issues are purely down to blindness and vision impairment. And the other side of the coin is, is that... Um, you know, the blindness is completely irrelevant to their mental health position. What were your findings um, as a result of this review and the discussions you've had with members in terms of people's attitudes to um, blindness and vision impairment and mental health? Yeah, well, I mean, we were looking at, obviously, um, uh, how clinicians felt um, in terms of, um, I guess, uh, confidence, for example, in um, asking asking people um, who had recently been di diagnosed with vision loss how they were feeling, um, and what we found was that people generally weren't confident in um, in doing that. And actually, we've recently undertaken a survey um, of optometrists and. Um, it's still open at the moment, so um, can't really talk about the findings from it. But we know in conversations that we've had with, you know, peak bodies representing optometry, um, ophthalmology, orthoptics, um, that there um, there's not p people generally don't feel confident to have those conversations um, or equipped to have those conversations. So I think that there. There is a need for um, education and building building up confidence um, for clinicians to be able to kind of have those conversations with their patients and feel confident to re refer them to the right place after diagnosis. How can people find out more about uh, the re the literature review and the report, but also access the uh, the guide? Yeah, so um, it's available on the Vision Twenty Twenty Australia. Um, website um, so if you jump onto that um, it basically provides you with a list of all the services and supports that are available by our members and that's also um, downloadable uh, to people 
So is this the end of the road for this particular project and you're moving on to other things or is there still room for uh, further development? There's a lot of work to be done in this space, I think, Vaughan. Um, and we're certainly advocating um, at the at the federal level um, for uh, more funding in this space. Um, ideally, what we'd like to see is um, specific um, education for clinicians um, around uh, mental wellbeing for um, for for people with vision loss and blindness. Um, so no, this is really just the start for us. Uh, there's definitely a lot of work still to be done in this space. And how can people get in touch with Vision 2020 if they want to uh, provide any feedback or uh, any you know maybe provide their story? Sure. Um, so as I said, you can find out this information on our website, um, but absolutely feel free to contact um, me. Um, my email address is um, C-I-L-E-S, so C-I-L-E-S at vision2020australia.org.au. If you'd like to get in touch with Blind Citizens Australia, you can call 1-800-033-660, 1-800-033-660, or you can email bca at bca.org.au. That's bca at bca.org.au. If you've got any story ideas for the program or anything you'd like to hear more about, get in touch with me, new.horizons at bca.org.au is the email address, new.horizons at bca.org.au. The Christmas period's coming up and I'll be looking for programs so that uh, I can take a break over the Christmas period. If you've got any ideas that uh, we could do a multiple episode program about, do please let me know. In recent years over the Christmas period, we've done programs on NDIS uh, individual providers holidays and recreation and uh, of course we did a very popular series some years ago on multiple disabilities so this is an opportunity to do some long-form investigations or have some long-form discussions if you'd like to uh, get involved with that new.horizons at bca.org.au i'll talk to you again next week we'll achieve the realization of our dreams of our dreams